Hey, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Today's episode is actually brought to you by shopthebear.com. So you can go to shopthebear.com to shop t-shirts featuring the iconic bear with glasses. Many people have been asking me to get these shirts uh, that I wear with my bear logo. And so I have put four original designs up for sale at shopthebear.com. So you can head there now if you want to support this podcast in a small way. Thank you so much. Enjoy your listen. The Morning Impact is a weekly podcast which is recorded live on Facebook every Wednesday at 10 a.m. and you are now listening to the audio portion of this interview. If this is your first time listening, please subscribe to this podcast as it is quickly evolving. I'll be producing additional content every week that includes speaking assignments and presentations I give and also some unique podcast-only business topics that you won't find on Instagram, YouTube, or anywhere else. Thank you again for listening in. Get yourself a nice cup of joe or whatever you fancy and have a great day. Uh, so, hey, so we're live. This is uh, episode 21 now. I can't believe we've basically done 21 episodes this year in 2019 and really only really started this live in like August. I had recorded six episodes before that, but they were pre-recorded. Right. Uh, in the very beginning of the year. So I think I, know, I got basically a half a year's worth of, you know, podcast episodes. In. Mm-hmm. And of course, this, yeah, we've talked about this before. This didn't really start as a mm-hmm. podcast, but it's just interesting to look back on like 21, like done this now 21 times. So, yeah. so I'm kind uh, of a test dummy, but not quite. Okay. I Go guess, ahead. right? Since we're at 21 now. Like, what's it, 21? This is 21. 21st episode mm-hmm. so i'm not quite a test dummy yeah correct anymore. yes yes not, yes yeah, yeah you're not yeah you're well we're constantly i would say every episode has been a little different sure yeah every episode has been a little different yeah I, i'm still kind of perfecting it where um it's easy to set up and easy to break down right so this has been kind of the go-to like the green screen is like a little bit of a setup but um i see a brick wall <laughs> it's, it's the brick wall behind you it's the brick wall behind you yeah. basically yeah it's, it's good though i like these brick walls and these old buildings mm-hmm. in downtown newburn they're they're really cool yeah they're, they're there's yeah there's a lot of them um matter of fact the room next to us uh most of their wall is brick actually so they got a lot more yeah, of the exposed brick yeah hardly yeah, any sheetrock in there their uh their rent's probably more expensive because of that Oh yeah, it's a bigger. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a double size one, so I think that's really what dictates the rent versus the, the appeal building of it. Yeah. yeah, the appeal of it. I, you know, I don't know though. I I, I haven't asked. Um, but hey, so for this episode today on twelve eleven for episode twenty one, I have Mr. Joey Jones here today. Uh, Joey Jones is an accomplished book writer. So you've had what four books now? Four, yeah, four novels. Four yeah. novels. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm going to throw a very shameless plug in here uh, for anyone watching. So I'm going to say this episode is sponsored by ShopTheBear.com. So uh, basically, so here's the thing. It's super – I have – oh, you know what? Uh, Who is this that said this? Uh, Someone from the Very Merry Christmas folks, if if you're watching. uh, I'm stealing your line. There's no shame in my vein. (laughs) That that, that, that was her line there. I, I liked it. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people have been asking me like, Hey, you know, I'd love to buy one of those shirts and, um, I probably like maybe about 10 people. that said like, I'll buy a shirt. 
And so I'm not sure if perhaps they're just not seeing the fact that I put this out here now, but you can go to shop the bear, B-E-A-R, because I know we have trouble saying the word bear, uh, shopthebear.com, and they're all available. So go know. check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so now on to our guest here. So so now you have uh, you have four books. Is that what it is? Yeah. Four yeah. So, all together now, yeah. Yeah, so so tell me a little bit about uh, well, t- tell me a little bit. You know, how'd you tell me about yourself first of all? You know, I'm okay. kind of well, curious how you got into writing all that stuff. Yeah, well, born and raised here in New Bern, North Carolina. Uh, after graduating high school, went to college with no clue what I wanted to do. Uh, sat down with a guidance counselor there and decided I had a, a fun marketing class in high school, and so marketing was what I was going to try in college. So mm-hmm. went down that route, uh, got a degree from Craven community college in marketing and retailing, and then started huh. working full time in the marketing industry after that. Were you working like for yourself as a freelancer or did you work for a place as a marketer? Yeah, I, I got a job as a marketing director, um, in the restaurant industry and ended up doing that for 17 years. Wow. That was, was that a local restaurant or? Yeah, that or was, national? that was local here. It was, is a national chain okay. restaurant, but I was mainly locally here in New Bern did do some traveling with, with that position. Mm-hmm. But, um, it? did what? Did you enjoy it? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. A lot of freedom in it, a lot of uh, creativity. And so I definitely enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So you position. did that for 17 years. So how, how old are you now? So, um, you want to guess? Yeah, I was, I was yeah, going to say, yeah, yeah. let's start guesses out. Well, there, just yeah. based on the fact that you're talking about college, I mean, if you had just quit your job now, I mean, you, you'd probably be about 38, you, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to say you're, you're probably no older than 45, but, but you look like you're in your 30s. So that, that's kind of what's throwing me off. The fact that you okay. said you did that for 17 years, like now throws me yeah. off. Well, I mean, feel free to guess slower, you know. Well, I, I, what I'm saying is you look like you're in your thirties. Yeah. Okay. You look like you're in your thirties, but, but on your timeline, yeah. but on your timeline, the timeline doesn't work for that, I guess is my point. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that, that's my so point. I, I gave away too much evidence early on. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm 40, just turned okay. 40 in November, All right. November 18th. So, so I was kind of like on the mark there, I guess. Yeah, you're then. pretty close, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm, uh. 30 my 39 now uh, isn't it funny how you get your own age yeah because like, it doesn't it doesn't make any difference to me yeah i'm kind of the same way yeah. it is what it is and you feel how you feel yeah so. 30 was like oh i'm 30 now so it's like oh like 30s new 20 kind of thing and then like i remembered about 31 and 32 but i would say by about 33 i just stopped like remember so i have to like i have to like okay 82 to 20 okay that's 30 oh so i'm 30 37 i'm 37 then i guess we may need to check your driver's license i don't know man here i'm feeling like i'm I'm in my late 30s how about that somewhere in there so we're i mean we're relatively close in age then yeah i'm the grandpa in the room and and grandpa Mm -hmm. and we won't ask your age then we don't need to you don't ask grandpas their age and you don't ask women their age right is that how it works (laughs) basically yeah Yeah. that's basically we're still looking back so, uh, yeah, so you did this thing for 17 years, and um, I, f- I appreciate you using one of our beer mugs there. Yes. Happy See, to I just said it again, bear. beer, like, like B-E-E-R. It did sound like beer. Bear. I, I, I bear. just, I cannot, one of my bear, one of my there bear mugs. Yeah. I should have brought my editor in with me, and <laughs> she could have helped us as we uh, destroy these words. 
Hey, speaking of, so how many people do you have uh, when you're writing a book? How many people are, are involved in this process here? Uh, it, it varies. Um, I mean, I, I used to, when I would write a book, when I first started it, I wouldn't let anybody see it until it was finished. Uh, so now I have a couple of editors who will look at it early on in the process. Okay. Just to kind of find out if I'm heading in the right direction, direction. If the beginning of the story is interesting. Cause obviously that's a huge part. You know, first couple of chapters have to be interesting or people are going to lay the book down and, mm-hmm. and not read it. Uh, and every, every novel I want to be a little bit different. I don't want somebody to pick up my fifth book and say, Hey, this sounds exactly like their first right. four. So when those editors are looking at it early on, I want them to say, Hey, this is, it sounds like you, the writing style is still the same, but it's different. This is unique. Mm-hmm. It's its own thing. So we're kind of looking at that early on. So what genre do you write in? Minor suspenseful love stories. Minor? M- modern. Mine are oh, minor. Okay. suspenseful love oh, stories. Oh, I thought you said modern suspenseful Mi- love Yeah, and he thought stories. I said minor. minor. Yeah. So that, and that's why I have editors, you know, because <laughs> it's the awesome. same way when I'm writing. Yeah, I get to speaking too fast and it sounds like some other word. So, mm-hmm. so, you're, so you said suspenseful? Suspenseful love stories love stories it's yeah so okay so give me an example of another give me an example of um of another book that's not yours that is also considered suspenseful the reason i'm asking are are you are you much of a reader Uh uh-huh okay so not 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 that kind of stuff but other stuff a small confession i i don't read hardly any novels but i i wanted you on here i thought I just thought it'd be really interesting to have you on. And I see like everything that you're doing is, is such a, seems such a big impactful thing. Well, I appreciate that. But okay. The, my extent of reading novels is a few James Patterson books. Okay. Uh, so what, what, what is that? What would that be classified on? Okay. So James Let, Patterson, that's what I'm going at. Mostly suspenseful. Suspenseful. He, he does have uh, mystery, mystery, mm-hmm. suspense. Mine aren't really mystery. It's not like murder mystery where he does some some murder sure. mysteries and like detective and crime type stuff. Um, James Patterson has some love stories. So there's like, I think Sam's Letters to Jennifer is one of James Patterson's books that would be considered, in my opinion, a suspenseful Listen, love story. Now, he, now, James Patterson is also one that wrote all the Alex Cross novels. Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so those, so those are the ones that I've read. Yeah, so those probably have some suspense in them. Okay. So, Not the love story. There may be like an underlying love story so in those. Describe what makes, what separates a romance novel from a suspenseful romance novel. Okay, yeah, so good that's, question. That's a much better question. Okay, much so. better way of asking. In my opinion, when I think of romance novel, you think of like the, the covers where you see the half-naked guy on the front of it, and it's just like hot, steamy, romance so that's so not like, really, like a conan the barbarian kind of yeah that's deal. not really what mine are okay um they're you know it's a, a little lighter than that and, and more of a in-depth story to it so there, there's there's a lot of depth to it and it keeps you on your toes perhaps exactly what's going to happen yeah, so next. It, you know each page you want the reader turning to try to get to that next page at the end of the chapter there's going to be a reason to go on to the next chapter is, and some twists and turns Nick in Sparks there. Is Nick Sparks in that category or, or no? Yeah, Nicholas Sparks would be in that category. Um, I think when he describes his books, he describes them as love stories. And so his has some twists and turns in them. Um, mine may be a little more than what his do, just you know, from what readers tell me. And Speaking, speaking of that you brought that up, because that's probably the only other like 
love story writer that I'm even aware of, right? Yeah. I just don't. My wife is like super into the love story, you know, genre. Good deal. Um, do people often compare him to because you're in the same love story overarching category? Yeah, qu- quite often, which. I, mean, I think it's an honor, especially people who have read my book. I guess that's where I was going. You, you yeah. know, like, how does that make you feel, I guess? Is it sort of like, I'm not that? Or is it like, well, it's an know, honorable I, thing to you, I guess? Yeah, I think it is an honorable thing. I mean, I, I want to be my own person. And so when Absolutely. people say, hey, are you the next Nicholas Sparks? Then I'm like, no, you know, I'm the first Joey Jones. Right. But there are some similarities to his stories and my stories. And so, but once a reader reads my novels and then compares them to a Nicholas Sparks and say, Hey, these are just as good as, or, you know, maybe I like them more than a Nicholas Sparks novel. Then to me, that's a huge honor since he's so accomplished. It's, it's probably not as dissimilar as when people t- actually, aren't you, you're kind of a basketball fan, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah I, so I read up a little bit on Joey uh, before he came in here. I usually don't read up a whole lot, but I think because I really know nothing about <laughs> publishing and books, I was like, I, I just need to know a little bit about it. Yeah, we so needed I, some other topics. Yeah, so right. I, yeah, so it can't just be all about books, you know. But I am interesting in the publishing world because, you know, I, I do publish my own stuff in its own way, like a media yeah. company, but just not always in written form. Right. Um, but just being a basketball fan, I would almost say it's probably like a Kobe Bryant being compared to a Michael Jordan constantly. Now, of course, in my humble opinion, Michael Jordan is not in comparison to a Kobe Bryant or like a LeBron, but throughout their careers as they were first coming. Now, of course, like, you know, LeBron is, is his own legend now. Right. Yeah. But when they were both beginning, it was like, Oh, is, are they going to be the next Michael Jordan? Mm-hmm. You know, because Michael Jordan was just ending his career like a few years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, now, in the basketball world, they're super egotistical, so I'm certain LeBron and Kobe, you know, are always just, like, like very confident, egotistical, you know? Sure. You know, but your take is sort of like, hey, that's cool, but, yeah. like, I'm doing my own thing. Well, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, so if you're LeBron James coming into the NBA, gosh, he's been there now for a long time, but everybody's comparing him to Michael Jordan, I would assume that was an honor to LeBron James, even though he knew his own capabilities. I mean, when you're being compared to the best basketball player that's ever lived, that's, so you, you, so you think, Mike, you so think that, Michael is the best basketball player? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, I, you know, obviously there's a, a debate there and there's all kinds of numbers. Of to course. Look at yeah. And just assumptions, but I mean, he averaged yeah, like 31, I think it was like 31 and a half points per game or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, he played in a different era, so it was a different type mm-hmm. of competition. But I think just when you look at the the overall picture, you know, he was more dominant to me than any other basketball player. And the fact that he could do it on the defensive and the offensive side was just amazing. Because mm-hmm. I've played a lot of basketball. And when you put all your energy into defense, it's harder to play offense. Right. So to be able to do both of those, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that kind of – yeah, then you end up like Shaq and you can't throw a free throw, you know? Yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so regarding your books here, so let, let's talk about... Because I got a bunch of questions about these books here. Okay. okay. I have a bunch well, of answers. I hope they're decent. Yeah, all right, I, I think I'll be fine. So uh, so Joey brought some... Uh, he brought some, like, dis- what I call, like, a display, like, you know, kind of where you might sell them. Because you, you sell them on your own at, like, different events. 
Yeah, I traveled around quite a bit mm-hmm. for different events and, and had book signings. So, so he brought his kind of like display like setup. You know, yeah. unfortunately, I don't have an area to kind of display it, but that might be a neat idea for the 2020 feature. We're always learning. So, why don't you grab me a couple of these books here, yeah. or or these are this is one copy of each. Yeah, okay. this is one copy of each. All right, so I will go. Uh, so th- I'm not sure what order these are in, but that's okay. the order they released in. So Bridge okay. Apart was the first one. So what year was this? This was 2015. And this looks like Union Point Park, that picture? The, this novel is set in New Bern. And so a lot of the novel is based around downtown New Bern and Union Point Park. So exactly. Okay. Losing London. Is this Losing London? Losing London. Yep. You got it right. That one is set in Emerald Isle, North okay. Carolina. Okay. And that's where the picture was taken? The picture actually wasn't taken there. We can pretend okay. it was. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it. it looks a lot like it. Most people assume it's Emerald Isle. <laughs> Ooh, a field of fireflies. So this is yeah. now the third. This is your third this novel. This is the third one. Yeah. And so a field of fireflies is set in Washington, North Carolina, which is known as Little Washington mm-hmm. or the original Washington. Everybody says that actually. Ask. Yeah. Everybody calls it Little Washington. I thought that was like another area of Washington. That's confusing. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's Washington, North Carolina. And so in the book, I I refer to it as Little Washington. But then if you talk to oh. true Washingtoners, they don't like that. They original Washington. Is what I understand that, that they call it. Interesting. So we just uh, speaking Washington. of fireflies, we just got these uh, little lights from Amazon. They call them firefly lights. They're like these, like they're they're almost like the, they're almost like those hanging lights there, but they're super super tiny mm-hmm. and they flicker. They look like fireflies, basically. Hmm. Okay, cool. neat. Uh, and this is the latest one. So, yeah. So the date night jar. This one just came out in September of this year. And you and you have kind of a. Uh, what, what I'll call like a, I'll call it a prop. Sure. Yeah. So this one's set in Oriental, North Carolina. Um, oh, Oriental. But, Interesting. Yeah. So the, the selling capital of North Carolina, I found out has been doing research for that book. So this is the actual jar. Um, in the story, the characters go on different dates that are selected out of a jar like this one. Mm-hmm. So the same date suggestions in this jar are the ones that the characters go on. Are there real in suggestions the in here? Or? Yeah, so there's actually suggestions in there. Yeah. So if you pull can, that out. Can, and, can, can I open one of them up? Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah I'm like, free I'm, to. <laughs> I'm basically the kid just kind of like, can I push the button? Yeah, it's like a kid in a candy store. I've got to open this jar well, and get an M&M out. We're PG rated here, so nothing out of there is going to come out that it would no, no, yeah, it should be pretty PG. Oh, okay. There's not going to be any Conan kind of like role-playing stuff going on over here. Yeah, I sure hope so. Nobody's played any tricks on us or anything. All right, so I don't want to, maybe I can slide this out because I don't want to. Uh, Either looks... I mean, we'll, I can fix it later. It's no big deal. Okay, all right. So this is this is uh, so these are like date night suggestions. Yeah, is that a, what it yeah, is? Yeah, it's a suggestion. So that's kind of what the book was based around was like suggestions of dates. Yeah. So there's this jar that's been passed down through through the family, and the book um, Mason Fields is the main character in the book, and he meets Ansley Stone. Well, the way he meets her is through his dad. She is the doctor of his dad, and that's how they meet. And so uh, Mason's dad tells Ansley stories of the date night jar from when him and his wife first met and how they went on all these dates. And ultimately Mason and Ansley start going on the same dates. So it goes, goes back and hmm. forth and looks at That's interesting. Mason's father and his wife going on these dates. And then Mason and Ansley going on the same date. So two different I think I might read this book. So where do you yeah. get your uh, inspirations from? Well, this, the idea for this story, um, I, I had a date night jar that was sitting on my cabinet in my kitchen. And so my eight-year-old niece is over one day. We're sitting at the table and she says, what's that jar? Like, you know, how does it work? And so I started explaining it to her, kind of like what I've explained to you guys here. And she just says, you should write a book about that. And all of a sudden, ah, 
Pop, yeah, there's the idea of the book. So that's how it now, started. Now, did the idea come bef- like during one of these other books? Or like, like when did that idea come, I guess? So that idea, she was eight, I think eight years old at that time. She's 11 now. So that idea was three years ago. So, so, so that, that came in probably around the Losing London I, Yeah, time I was frame. probably writing Losing London. It was probably oh. before Losing London was published when that idea. Okay, so here's a question mind. then. So when you were writing Losing London, why did you write Field of Fireflies before writing The Day Night Jar? Well, I always have like a queue of ideas okay. for stories. And so at that time, I felt like A Field of Fireflies was the most developed story Got it. in my mind. Got it. So that's why I went to that one. These are t- okay, so, so this date night suggestion dun, is dun, dun, build dun, a dun, campfire dun. and roast marshmallows. Ooh. Yeah, so that's PG, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At least starts out PG, It right? starts PG for certain, <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, my wife and I just went to Morgan's a couple weeks ago, and we got... Uh, we got uh, a s'mores. They have like s'mores on the, Ooh, the dessert yeah. menu. So yeah. I guess that was kind of like, it was like that's a millennial like the, way of building that's a the modern day version of it. Yeah. So that, that could be a modern day suspenseful novel instead of just a suspenseful novel. You know, you, yeah. you take, take your wife out to a Morgan's and just have them make you marshmallows, I guess, you know? <laughs> so since you position each of your stories in a little, little small town and everything, do you, if you're writing about Oriental, do you go there and walk around the streets and talk to people and just to kind of get, you know, a feel so you, you can mention something that's real in the real world? Or, yeah, I mean? definitely. You know, when I'm writing the story, it's fiction, of course, mm-hmm. but I want it to be as true to the environment as what it can be. Mm-hmm. Because when people read these books, if details aren't accurate, then mm-hmm. they let me know, mm-hmm. which, which is fine. I mean, you know, but like I always tell somebody if, if I change something a little bit, you know, hey, I always got the fiction part to, to roll right. back on. Right. But yeah, I mean, I try to make it um, as, as real as possible to these places. And I always try to pick out a town that, in my opinion, is is beautiful and scenic, somewhere worth coming to visit. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Oriental is, is definitely that. But yeah, so I took took trips to Oriental and ate at the restaurants down there and talked mm-hmm. to the locals and just tried to get a good feel of what Oriental feels like. Uh to someone who's lived there for a while, which mm-hmm. would have been Mason mm-hmm. in the book, uh, but also to a newcomer who would be Ansley. You know, it was her first time visiting Oriental was when she met. See, it's uh, kind of like um, I'm a fan of a, a he's a writer and a little bit of a comedian, David Sedaris. Yeah, he's big on public radio, and uh, so he write. He was born and raised in Raleigh, and so he writes growing up as a kid. You know, all the things he experienced in Raleigh, and then in his um, once he became successful, he bought a house in Emerald Isle. Okay. And he talks about the food line that's right down from Emerald Isle and everything, mm. right from where his house is. Yeah. I just think that's so cool when you see someone of a, you know, writes a, a book or, or does a talk or something like that and mentions stuff that you know that you really relate to. Mm. Yeah. And that makes it neat for the readers. And it so really it's does. funny that you mentioned food line because Piggly Wiggly is in the date night jar. <laughs> and so, you know, Wait, now, 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 now the little piglet, the one that's an Oriental. It, yeah. Because there, there's the, everybody calls it the piglet, the, 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 the smaller one, because there's the one in Grantsboro. The Oriental one is like the piglet. Yeah, so that's that's the one that's, that's the, in the one, book yeah. would be the piglet. Then I didn't know it was called the piglet. I wish I would have known that. Prior well, to the book. I think uh, that's that's just kind of locals call it's it. It's definitely a locals yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, like basically little, just Oriental like calls it the, the piglet. Yeah. Like Walmart that used to be out there was called the Walmart. You know, oh yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, this date night jar, like the actual jar itself. 
Am I dreaming this, or do I feel like I saw a picture on your Instagram at one point where, like, you had them available for sale or something? They are, yeah. Oh, they are. They okay. Are available with, for with sale. all the same scrolls and everything. In with there. all the same, yeah, exactly. And so they're on my website. They're available there, and I usually okay. have them at events. Actually, can, can at. you can you throw up his uh his website there? The the interwebs there, Dave. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, uh seven, seven or something mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, and the website's Joey. Might have to tab Jones. over to the. Uh, might have to tab over to the. Okay, I just brought up seven. Oh God! And uh, now, if I just click on the website itself, will that? Yeah, will try that work? clicking on the web. Here we go. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, there it is. So over there on the right, that's the jar. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So you're kind of scroll up with the trackpad, like you're kind of scrolling your thumb. Two fingers, Dave. Oh, two fingers. In, in the. Uh... I'll have to get your mouse. You know, I don't want to pick on Dave here because it's. He 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 doesn't use Mac, and it, it's a it's a big deal between the two of us. He's a PC guy, yeah. I'm a Mac guy. All right, you gotta go. <laughs> I can't figure out how to scroll. Yeah. thing. Not not to like turn the numbers against you, but I'm a PC guy too. Like you're I'm, a PC never, guy also, yeah, brother. Yeah, I mean, I've used a Mac before, but they're just so much different. But from what I understand, once you're a Mac user, like you know, and everything's different. Like you just stick with that. Uh, I can part. definitely use other products that aren't Apple products. Right. I mean, I know plenty of people that use a Mac computer, but use an Android phone and use really? like an Android type of tablet, but they use a Mac computer for their, like their main desktop computing system. You know, yeah, I mean, part of what I have to deal with in here is you've probably heard before the people that, you know, have iPhones and MacBook pros and everything. They just kind of walk around with their nose in the air, just a little bit more than the rest <laughs> of us. And they can't go out in the rain because they're drowned. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard stories like you that. You know, I was really trying to be reserved here and not pick on Dave yeah. for not understanding how to just scroll the you, you know the, the website there. Uh, you know, I was trying not to pick on you. All right, all right. And I, re- I was I trying to be, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, that's okay. I got thick skin. I just, you know, I don't, you know, we got a nice friendly guest here. And You're so, right. let's, let's not go to you know, Apple's better. Anyways. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be real careful. I can tread lightly because I'm sure I have plenty of readers who like Mac and plenty who like PC, well there's so, we talk know. about this a lot there's a lot of differences between it's it's amazing how good our friends dave and i are because there's so many differences between us but i think it's like the uh no one ever gets under remembers the show do you remember the show perfect strangers oh yeah yeah Belky. that's that's basically us yes yeah, okay. okay thank you what's the other guy's like, name um is it belky bar it's Belky and I the other guy's or name. something like that. And yeah. the other guy, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, but that, that's basically us, though. It's just like complete opposites Yeah, in every way, shape, and form. Um, well, that makes for a good conversation. Like, as long as you can respect each other's differences, you know, I, I think, we do. yeah. We, we poke at each other, but, uh, you know, in a, in a fun way. Yeah, so if you just agree on everything or the same, the conversations aren't as entertaining. We just don't talk about football. So, oh, okay. So we just don't talk about football. We, I won't. I won't ask. Yeah, don't know. Well, are you, are you a you a Panthers fan? Or I am I mean, a Panthers. Yeah, fan. you're yeah, Panthers so fan. Yeah, tough, tough season. Actually, you know, I don't mean to pick on North Carolina, but you're probably the first North Carolinian that is a Panthers fan. Everyone from North Carolina is like a Redskins fan or like some other you know, team that's not native to the Carolinas. Yeah, I think, you know, so before the Carolina Panthers, the Redskins were definitely the team in this area. Mm-hmm. But this year, neither one of them are doing yeah. very well. So. so, Joey, do you do this uh, writing? Is that your full-time, is that your career right it now? It is, or? yeah. Full-time gig. Yeah, wow. So it keeps me busy. Actually, the other question I was going to ask about the books then, uh, thanks for bringing back in, Dave. Um, 
So approximately, do, do you know how many copies have been sold? Like, a, you know, approximately, I, perhaps. I think we're over twenty thousand now. Of all the books, but of all the books, wow. Yeah. So I'm I'm not positive. I don't have a yeah. a set that's number. A, I think that's incredible. I mean, I have no idea what the reference for that is. Like, if that's low or high, but I think like no matter what, even if that's considered low in the industry, I mean, twenty. You have you've had twenty thousand people like purchase your book yeah it's pretty cool when you look at it from that perspective and it's it's relatively good for the industry i think the average book that's published um and, and now you have a you know wide array of books that are published um self-published traditionally somewhere in between but i want to say like 50 copies or something maybe the average number of copies that an author sells right? wow so you know there's there's a lot of low ones that just nobody really ever buys yep but um so yeah when you come so now you're not self-published those is that well I, I started out self-published and and now i have an independent publisher okay so how many so, so how many books were self-published um so a couple of these were self-published um and some you know were self-published and then picked up by the independent publisher yeah so they're all available on amazon okay cool. yep. so but they, they're available Kindle a lot format. of them are available locally though also i know they the are. um What's the bookstore name there on no, uh, the next chapter books? Yeah, that's what it's called. Downtown yeah. New Bern. Yeah, so they, they have carry, my books. Yeah. They were one of the first bookstores to carry my books, and um, they've they've been good partners with me. So, um, any movie opportunities? That would be awesome. Yeah. So it, it hasn't presented itself yet, but no. if it happens, you know that would be that'd be great. I have a lot of readers that say they make good Hallmark movies. Uh, so okay, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's like a new Hallmark movie, like basically every day, like you know during December. So, oh, um, yeah. do you have a pretty tight routine where you wake up and you write from eight in the morning until noon or something, and then? Not really. My day, um, it's never the same, mm -hmm. you know. And so, which is, uh, I enjoy that. But I, I, it probably would be nice to have a routine like that. I'd probably accomplish more as far as writing goes, mm -hmm. but it's just kind of all over the place, really. Now you're currently writing your fifth book. I am. Yep. Yeah. But you, you haven't you haven't uh, declared what the title of that is. No, I haven't released the title yet. I don't even know that I know the title. I have kind of a working title well, that I'm, I'm, and I, I don't even know where it's based yet. Like <laughs> I, I I do when I don't, if that makes sense. Sure, like sure. I, I I have an idea of keep where it's going to be chest, based. Yeah. It's it's going to be set in a river town, so it could be end up being New Bern. Uh, but the story is going to revolve a lot around Hurricane Florence. Okay. And so New Bern is the ideal town sure. for that to happen yeah. because I'm here, saw a lot of that. Interesting. Um, hear a lot of stories about it. And we had, you know, one of the biggest impacts from Hurricane Florence. So I was kind of trying not to write another story about New Bern since the Bridge Apart was set in New Bern. I was going to wait off a little while, but sure. You know, we'll see. I, I think it sounds perfect, though. Hey, you heard it here first. His next novel is somewhat themed based on hurricane florence now i don't know if you've ever told anybody else that but you heard it here first i, I think this may be the first was it really yeah wow that's like that is a major like i actually legitimately feel privileged i'm not even like downplaying that like it's like a i basically just made like a breaking announcement here so when this like next novel comes out you heard it i'm gonna first like brag the hell about it that people were anticipating the Florence story, basically. Okay. Anyways, um, so which one of these is your most popular novel? Or, you know, I'm not sure if you can define that or just perhaps in your opinion. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to say. Like, I don't know which one has sold the most copies. Um, they're probably all relatively similar 
you know, obviously the one that came out first has probably sold the most copies. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Losing London, maybe by a little bit, mm-hmm. is the most popular one. And and the reason I think it is, is it's just a really unique story. Not that it's better than the other ones, because people often ask me, they won't ask me which one's most popular as much as they just say, which one is your favorite? And so a mm. lot of times I'll point to that one. I do say it's not my favorite. It's like trying to pick a favorite kid. Um, and most people tell me that they do have a favorite kid, <laughs> which I don't know. I know of Les Pendleton. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've met him, but I've heard about his books and I hear they're good. Yeah, I, I haven't read one of them, but he's got little. Is he from the area also or something? Yeah, he lives out in Fairfield Harbor. He oh. did the um, he did, had a sailboat and they did sailboat tours for about five years. So we, I just kind of know. Him. I have a cruise business where I do boat, oh, okay. boat rides in the water. Yeah, so you were kind of uh, in the same industry. He's got a movie coming out of one of them supposedly. Oh, really? He's got his little kiosks all over town and and uh, so exciting. Whatever. Yeah, his covers look really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like I said, I've heard good things about him. So definitely good so books I, to I check got, out. Got, got a question for you. How do you, um, you know, you have a degree in marketing. How do you market your, your books to make them stand out compared to like, you know, everyone else? Because it's a crowded market. It is, yeah. And so the the writing and uh, book selling industry is definitely a, a huge challenge. Um, <clears throat> so really just, you know, trying to do as many events as I can, mm-hmm. getting in front of people and actually what, what's an event? You know, meeting new people. So an event would be anything from a book signing at at a next chapter books or Barnes and Noble. Right. Uh, sometimes books I'll go to, yeah, I haven't done one at books a million here in New Bern yet. So they haven't invited me you come to have like a book sign there yet. Yeah. I'll do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the festivals like the mom fest or the Azalea festival in Wilmington. I just came back from a, a big Christmas show in Greenville, South Carolina. Ah. And so, I, you know, anywhere like that, where there's a lot of people who might potentially be readers. Mm-hmm. When did the date night jar come out? That one came out September of this year, 2019. Okay, so it's just a few months old then. Yeah. Um, so how many book signings have you done since September, would you? Since just estimated, night maybe. I would probably say 15. <laughs> I, wow. think that's, I think that's awesome, Ben. How, how, do, you, how yeah. do you get the word out on that? I mean, uh, do you have a, a blog or a forum or something where people so can I, interact? I use social media quite a bit. Okay. Um, I have a decent following on Facebook and mm-hmm. have an Instagram that I use. Uh, an email, mar- email marketing newsletter that goes out to folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my, my biggest ways of marketing. You, you got some merch, right? You got your, the, yeah. So you sell, yeah. I have the jars too. and then, then the coffee mug uh-huh. is available. Yeah. So is the coffee mug that's based on a bridge apart? Is that what it is? The coffee mug has, I, I just see the two, two of the, the books on there oh. on the coffee mug, losing London and a bridge apart. Um, and then on the other side is my mug. That actually looks very similar. <laughs> actually looks very, it's got the blue on the inside. Yeah, it has the blue on the inside. Oh, no, no, let, me, let me see that. And then the there. white, yeah. Look at that. That's uh, that's kind of, so we got the bear mug. Look at this. We, we got bear and then we got Joey. It's basically like what's happening in real life here. So yeah, so I, I think the, it's got I the two blue the there. Mug. Yeah. Dave, I keep telling you, man, you got to get all sorts of merch, man. You got to get t-shirts. You got to get merch, man. I'm telling you, man. Well, it's kind of funny. We were just did the grand opening of, uh, what's it called? RS or RS? SL Revival Company. SL. State State Legacy Revival. Right, right. And so it's uh, it's over on the on Broad Street over there, right by the coffee shop, Community Brew. Okay, yeah. And uh, so we were talking to Danny there, and, and I, was, I was kind of a little, because that's what he does. I mean, he prints up stuff over there, you know, hats and shirts and everything. Yeah. And I said, I'm not sure I'm in on doing that. And he goes, with your business, I would merch the hell out of it. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, merchandise is interesting. I, I was at, when I was in South Carolina this weekend, I was at Krispy Kreme and they have, you know, Krispy Kreme t-shirts that you can buy for $20 or so. Mm. And then you wear it around. So I'm buying their t-shirt. Then I'm wearing around advertising for them. Mm-hmm. So it's really smart marketing. If you can talk somebody into paying you to advertise yeah, yeah. your product mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. See, I, so, my business is called Cruise the Noose. Yeah. Tours. And I think you came up with it or Dandy did or something like that. It says, I cruise the noose. With yeah, I said that. Yeah. I was thinking almost like, you know, like I climbed Mount Washington or something, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, I like cruise that. the noose, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I have like your pontoon boat on the front or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it shows that accomplishment that that person did to cruise the noose. Mm-hmm. They, they made it. So do you, do you have any shirts for sale or, or is, it just, is it, is this the limitation of the, what I call the, the merchant? Yeah, this is the, the limitations of my merchandise for now. I thought about doing some type of t-shirts and I've had a couple of good ideas, but you know, then you have to have like all the sizes that fit all the yeah, people fast. and it, yeah, it really does. Um, so that's probably one of the things that have kept me from doing that just because it's an extra item. To well, you could do print everywhere. on demand for, for a bit. Uh, like I, I noticed your, uh, your websites with Shopify yeah, and, um, they have print on demand integration. So, so basically they, they're more expensive per shirt, but you know, someone orders an Excel, they just print that Excel. Right. So it, it's a higher cost for you, but you don't have to keep an inventory. Yeah. And Danny shop also does that as well. So state legacy revival, he can basically just print one shirt. So you don't need to keep them in stock is my point. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. you could just, someone just orders. That's what I'm doing right now with shopthebear.com. So someone just orders a shirt of whatever size. I just send it to them. They just print the one. Yeah. It's a little bit higher of a cost than if you just order like 24 or 30 to keep in stock. Right, yeah. But you can get a few out there without making an initial investment. Yeah, that makes sense. So you could definitely do that, like even now, basically, is my point yeah. with your current designs. Yeah, and I may try that, you know, and at least start that route and just see, hey, our t shirt something that my readers will be interested in. Now, is, uh, are any of your books available on any sort of audiobook format right now? We're working or ebook on format that. for that yeah, matter. So they're all available on ebook. Oh, so okay. You can read them on Kindle or you can read them on Nook. Um, any of those interesting are there oh yeah so and i have a lot of readers who who read that route yeah m- my wife like reads her kindle like basically day and night she has a lot of paperback uh yeah. like she has a huge collection of paperback books but ever since i got her a kindle like it was like four years ago now on black friday actually is what it was <laughs> yeah um actually i got her one like six years ago but after two years the first one broke so she's probably reading an e-book thing for like six years now i'd say yeah, it's amazing. I'll be, I'll be sitting there and I'm having some issues. Um, I'm always doing wiring on boats and everything. And then it pops up that uh, there's this thing called a 12 volt Bible, 12 volt Bible for boats, right? Okay. And I can just get on Wi Fi and I got it right on the candle right now. Now, do you have the e ink one or like the like the one that's more like a tablet? Well, I just upgraded from a very standard one to the Oasis, and that's like their more expensive one. Okay. And all that. I used to have a the Barnes and Noble one. Um, the Nook. That's the Nook. The yeah. Nook. Yeah, is that what it's called? With yeah. The little key tabby thing at the top. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one because uh, that one uses the e ink screen. Like, I don't know if you're how familiar you are with the different types of e readers. I think all Kindles use the e ink. Sure no, no. They, they have like the Kindle, like, well, the that's fire, like a tablet. Fire tablets. Yeah, yeah the yeah, tablet. But all the ones that are just 
strictly I think, the, I think that one's called the paper paper white i think that one's called yeah the ink one right, right that's the one that i like it's a lot easier to read the battery lasts for like 10 days yeah mm-hmm. but the other one you know, like my wife has to charge it in like basically every time like she uses it like yeah. for the next time yeah. um but it's also more of like a tablet you know mm-hmm. i like the e-ink one like you can it's easy to read in the dark and stuff so anyways yeah. um so there's the, the so they're available have, they're available on yeah, that. they're all available there yeah. oh i'm sorry you were about to say no, something about oh, i was gonna say the e-readers they have those conveniences so people like that they can read it in the dark and it's not like this bright light that's shining all that's over exactly the room. It. it's convenient for travelers you know if you're reading on the plane or mm-hmm. when well, you're taking trips I've got an Audible subscription. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I using you know a long driving trip or something like that. If I get the right Audible book, man, it just it just takes off. Mm, you know, yeah. Like, and so we're working we're working on the audio books now because or how do you, how do, you I, do that? Yeah, I'm not going to read it. Um, just because I want my books to be as professional as possible in every way, and so I think I would probably do okay at it, but. I'm not a professional audiobook reader. And so, yeah, so I would hire a company, or that's the process we're in, is finding the right voice for the book. Got it. Uh, And that's huge in that, you know, in that format is to find the right voice for for my book. Um, And so that's kind of the process we're going through now. So it's almost like interviewing an employee, like you're Mm. interviewing different uh, people who read books. That's interesting. And to find the right voice for your book. So are they based like in New York City or something where they already have a st- recording studio or? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're all over the place, okay. really. Yeah, um, you could probably go to Fiverr and find someone or, you know, read your audio Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure they're out there yeah. on that as well. And there's probably some uh, quality options mm-hmm. on Fiverr. I, I really enjoy the ones where they put a little production effort into it. And a lot of times I'll be reading about World War II and when they talk, you know, the Germans talk, whatnot, they got a very heavy German accent, you know, and it really adds to it. You know? Okay, yeah. so so that brings up a question because I listen to audiobooks, but usually if I'm listening to it, it's like a business book, like written by one person and it's only their, it's only them talking in the book, basically. Right. So in the case of a novel like this where there's a story, is it mostly common where they'll have several different people talking to play the like a, a, a narrator person and then a person playing usually Angela and a... usually it's one person usually. who does yeah, the whole that's... thing and then they'll alter the voice a little bit for the different characters okay so you know say it's a male that's reading the audiobook um he'll he'll change his voice up a little bit to somewhat sound like a female right, character right. when he gets to those characters and for each character the voice should change a little bit and so that's probably one of the scariest reasons I wouldn't want to do it because I don't think the voices would stay consistent yeah. throughout the book. Yeah. If I tried to you know, do that. The thing too is because I, I hear it every now and then. They'll be recording for so long, right? And then they got to take a break and they shut the mic off, right? Yeah. And then when they go back in, they got a little more energy in their voice or come at a little bit different pitch. And I think yeah. that's the skill is being able to keep so, the same throughout the whole thing. Yeah. You tell that. So none of the audiobooks that are based on novels have different voices so, for different characters? Do, but they're considered more of like plays. Because you got multiple people reading. That would be the way I would want to listen to it. Like me personally, I would yeah. get super bored with like listening to the same person for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned. Just how you yeah. described it. Ann Tyler is one of my favorite authors. And, yeah. Uh, she's based up in Baltimore and she did the accidental tours, which is probably before your time. But um, when he reads it, right, he's got a slightly elevated voice for the woman's part. Mm. And then he's, you know, Tom Macon is the main guy and then he's got a different voice for him. So it works well, I think. Yeah. I think if you find uh, a professional who really knows what he or she is doing, then just having the same same voice throughout the book, you know, mm-hmm. with some, some changes for each character 
is the best way because it flows the best. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way you're seeing it makes sense too to have a, a female voice for a female character or just a different voice for each character um, mm-hmm. makes sense. And so if it's done right, you know, that would definitely sound good. And so it's done both ways. Is it is it common that um, a book author doesn't read their own book? I would say most authors don't do read not. their own book. Exactly. Some do. Um, maybe, they're probably, your comfort zone is in writing. Yeah, I guess, exactly. You know, the, way, the best way to describe that. Yeah. You know, where if you're uncomfortable... Now, in this case, you you you're you you're you seem pretty comfortable in the interview session, you know. But if if perhaps your comfort zone isn't reading for audio for recorded, yeah, it's gonna come through in that delivery, you know. Yeah. Where well, you know, I would be comfortable doing it. I just don't think I would be professional enough because I don't know that industry. Like I'd be comfortable going to play in the NBA now. I'd love to do it, but. I wouldn't be good enough. Sure, sure. So that's kind of, I guess, a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, everything that I do, I want it done as professionally as possible. You know, for, and that goes from the book covers. Like, I wouldn't design my own book cover hmm. um, just because I want it to be professional grade. So I, I think be, this is really getting out there, but it'd be really. You, do you have a podcast or or anything like that? I, I don't have one. You know, it might be neat to do something it'd be really, like that. Really, really cool. If you kind of did a live, I'm writing this book, right? And as you're writing the book in these different stages and all that, you kind of just do a podcast about the evolution of the idea. And then you could have people kind of chiming in and saying, maybe you should have it kind of do this. And just kind of an interactive thing to draw people in. Yeah. Then you have like 12 backseat drivers writing his book. Well, you get crowdsourcing, (laughs) right? I mean, yeah. That would be an interesting idea for a book, like a crowdsourced book. That'd be kind of an interesting idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be fun. I think think that has been done. I mean, I'm sure it's been done. I think it has too, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting concept. Basically, every idea this is, this is slightly off topic, but like uh, speaking of ideas that have already been done, I want to say pretty much every product idea that I've had in the last year and a half, someone will end up looking it up on Amazon. I'm like, oh, of course it it exists on Amazon. Like this really obscure solution to like a problem that probably five people have. Yeah, I'm like oh, someone already sells it on Amazon. Yeah. Well, you come like, up with those ideas idea. and you feel like a genius. Yeah. yeah that's exactly, then, yes, then that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. I'm like, Oh my God, I cracked it. I'm like, no one, it's impossible that this already exists. And you go start typing in like what you know. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like someone, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll cross that one out the window. Not that I want to be a product engineer, but just, it'd be kind of fun. i like, I cr- like invented this thing that everyone needs, yeah. you know? Oh Yeah. Definitely. And that's kind of how it is with book titles. When I'm coming up with a book title, I'll just have one hit me and I'm like, that's the perfect book title. And then I go look it up on the internet and somebody's already used it. Oh. Um, and so I can still use that that's title. That's interesting. It's, it's not like, uh, you know, it's banned where I can't It's use not exclusive that title, to the author. But I, I'd rather have my own. Yeah. That's unique. You know, I don't want to use someone else's title. Which one of these books uh, did you have to, or, or pretty much all of them, do you have to go through like several different title iterations? With with these four books, I haven't come across any issues where I've had to change a title that I wanted. Okay. Who, who, who does the research on that? Just to figure out if it's the titles out there or not. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I do that. I mean, I can go through and just kind of see what's out there and available. No, I mean, I, I can title a book the same as any other book. It's it's an option. Some authors do that uh, just to piggyback off of that other book, really? which mm. I think is um, you wrong. know a really gray area or maybe yeah. just wrong. Um, but so that, yeah, that's been done, but I don't, I don't want to do that. I want my books. Well, that's like, you know, in the, 
what I'll call the digital world, everyone pretty much does that. Like when you think of uh, videos that are like super hot on Facebook or YouTube, there'll be some sort of like an event that just happened and everyone's doing their commentary. Like commentary videos, I think are, from what I've read, commentary videos on YouTube are the fastest growing type of video. I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, You know, so there might be, you know, this is from two years ago, but like when the Senate hearing happened with uh, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, like there was like tons Mm -hmm. of commentary videos there. Um, But whenever there's something like big happening or it could be, uh, you know, like uh, like a review of a movie or something, you know, like there's all these commentary videos, but they're just piggybacking on something that's already popular, I guess is my point. Yeah. Um, It's not I mean. If you can make it original, I guess it's it's cool. But a lot of times it's like they're basically like reading a synopsis for like 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't like there's nothing original about this. There's nothing interesting about it. Um, but that would sort of be like the most similar, you know, uh, comparable example, I guess, to yeah. what another author does. Yeah. And it's- now are those books very similar in the content of that book or they just kind of using the same title and it's like a whole different. Direction. I think it could be either way. Um, usually they're probably relatively similar, um, but you know, I'm sure that you get a little bit of everything out there. Yeah. And you know, if, if I had a title that I was really stuck with and another book had used it, but it wasn't a popular book at all. Like if I looked it up and it had only sold a limited quantity and it had been out for 10 or 15 years or something, then mm-hmm. I might would use that same title. I would never use a title of a book that's been really successful because then I would just feel like an imposter. Yeah. Doing so, that. So um, where along the lines, if you were, you know, in restaurant management and everything and marketing, all that, when did the light bulb came on that you just had to write? Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I was literally like going there and I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so while I was working full time uh, in, in that marketing position, um, I also started working on my bachelor's degree and kind of in that time frame, started working on the first novel. So this was like 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. I wrote the first novel um, and just, it was just kind of random for me to get into it. Sorry I to interrupt. So no, you no, wrote Bridge okay. Apart back around the 2003 time Yeah, frame. 2002, But that didn't come out until like 2014, 15? 2015. Wow, okay. Yeah. So throughout that time frame, I would work on it off and on. You know, so I was... You know, the first couple of years while I was writing it, I was working full time and working on my bachelor's degree. So I had a lot going on during that time. Um, so I'm not looking back. I don't even know how I wrote the novel during that time frame. But um, so, yeah, off and on throughout those years, I'd pick it up and, and work on it a little bit. And I just kept trying to make it perfect. Thought it had everything just had to be perfect. But what I've later found out is that a book can never be perfect. I, I could go through each one now and rewrite scenes and mm-hmm, sure. make improvements. Um, and so, you know, eventually in 2000, especially as you get better at writing out there, I mean, I imagine writing is just like anything else. Like it's a skill that you kind of perfect, you know, by progress, basically, you know, progress yeah, is perfection d- for everything. And a lot of my readers will tell you, you know, each book gets a little better. Not every reader sees it that way. Their favorite may be the first one or the second one or whatnot. Yep. Um, but probably if you just look at the overall, book you, you yeah you do see improvements with each with each book yeah you just kind of i think it's like you'd learn to be a little more creative it's like if you think of like a director of a film you know like their first film versus like their 10th film like they just right yeah you get more ideas of how to be more creative or just 
do things a little differently, add more embellishments. And so, mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know how that translates in the writing world, but, you know, actually, I, I don't, I'm not an author and like the way you are. I mean, I write a lot. Uh, for instance, like I write for Newburn now, you know, I've written for them several yeah. times before, but doing it more on an official basis now. Uh, so I have an article write up about the grand opening and the ribbon cutting. So I had to interview some people. Right. If you asked me like six or seven years ago, though, if I would ever be a journalist of any form, I'd be like, I'm like way too dumb to be like a journalist, basically. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think of myself as someone that can write something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the way I found to do it in this application is I, I basically think of it out loud and I talk it out loud and I record it a lot of times. Yeah. You know, cause I can, I can have a conversation with someone very easily. It's different when you're writing it though. Cause like I, th- with the way I need to write, I need to write it as if I'm having a conversation with someone, I guess yeah. is my point. Um, and so that's the way I've developed my style of writing for, you know, a 500 word article or something, you know, right. so it's a very limited, I guess that's my point. Um, but from the very first thing I ever wrote five or six years ago, is very different than, you know, because you just learn different skills and different ways to get someone to read from word one to word 500, I guess is the point there. Yeah. And I can relate to that because let's say when I was in high school, if you had said, Hey, one day you're going to be an author, then I would have laughed at you because there, you know, Mm. there was just no way in my mind at that point in my life, you wanted to play ball or something. It was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, like career rise, I had no idea what I wanted to do, Yeah, but writing wasn't anywhere on my list wasn't even a thought I, yeah i didn't think i was a good writer i thought right of writing more as like writing reports and things like that and i just really didn't care to do that so back in the early 2000s then like how'd you even get the bug i had started reading more novels and and kind of in the genre that i ended up going into uh, and just thought it was neat how a writer could take you on this emotional journey mm. and take you to these places that you could mentally see um, even where, whether you were there or could go there or not, like, you know, we talked about it earlier, how it's neat to go to a place where a book is written. And so, but in your mind, you always go to that place when you're reading a book. Yeah. So I just really enjoyed that and just kind of got this, you know, idea of, I'd like to try to write something like that. What so kind of, what kind of novels, like what was the first novel that you read that you were like, like, this was awesome. Yeah. I know I read Bridges of Madison County pretty early, which is a love story. Um, the notebook by Nicholas Sparks. That was one that I, so you were kind of inspired by, by love story type of books. then. yeah, just in general. And I don't really know how I ended up reading those books. Well, I know with Nicholas Sparks is, um, a a friend that I worked with, um, we were actually helping out with the book signing at, um, one of his first book signings, uh, at Walden books in the Hmm. Newburn mall, which was there years and years ago. Um, I think it was actually like for his third or fourth book. And so my friend that I worked with said, you know, Nicholas Sparks is huge. You you know, I'm sure you've read his books. And I was like, no, I have no clue who he is. I've never read his books. So it wasn't a big deal to me. Sure. Um, But my buddy said, well, you ought to try to read it because they're really good. And I was like, it's a love story, man. Like, it's probably not my thing. Sure. Um, But anyway, he talked me into reading it and I read it and really enjoyed it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was one of the first books probably that inspired hmm. me. And I remember asking Nicholas Sparks at the book signing, you know, which one should I start with? And he said the notebook. And so I enjoyed that one. And, and I can, I really can remember that one. I remember sitting on my front porch reading it and just feeling like I was there in the story. And so now it's cool all these years later to have written books 
and for people to tell me those same same stories, you know, I'm sitting here or there reading your book, and I feel like I'm in the story, and so that's that's really neat as an author. That to, is really to neat. See that turn around. Yeah, this is kind of outside the box again, but um, do you ever do like uh, book clubs where you you know sponsor a reading of your book, and then you know you know how they, how they work where you you read per week, and then you come back and discuss and all that. Yeah, so I meet with book clubs quite often, you oh, know, yeah. all, all throughout the area. And uh-huh. so it's fun to meet with book clubs because they're they're like the, I don't know what to call them, but they're just, they ask a lot of good questions. Mm. And uh, each, each reader within the book club has these different perspectives. And so it's good to sit down with a group who have all read the same book um, and just discuss that and mm-hmm. see how they, you know, interpreted things in the book. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they'll say, you know, I like how so-and-so did this and how you did that. And I'm like, man, I didn't even think about that mm. when I was reading. So sometimes they think I'm more intelligent than what I am. Mm-hmm. But it's, So they're basically picking up like on an, an emotional connection that you almost didn't even intend to make. Yeah. And I think it happens all the time. You know how like when you were back in school, whether it's college or high school or whatever, and the teacher says, you know, what do you think um, this author was thinking about when he wrote this passage yeah. or whatever? And a lot of the experts think they know exactly what the author was yeah. thinking about, um, but they really don't. Uh, and so it's kind of like that, you know, like maybe I was or wasn't thinking about that certain thing of, of how the reader interprets the story. Right. So it's interesting. You know, uh, I'm just going to reverse back for a second just because you brought that up there. I think it's probably actually one of the coolest parts about um, making any sort of content in today's day and age. Because I think what would probably would have happened, let's say, I don't know, like 20 years ago, if you wanted to, let's say you were getting out of high school and the 2003 was really like 1989 or 1990 or something, and you had that bug to write, mm-hmm. you probably, it would have been hard, if not impossible, to publish your first book because typically you would have had to go to school for writing. Like there would have had so many qualifications to be a writer, I guess. And now, now, now I imagine you, when you went to college, you didn't, you didn't take up writing in college. No, as far as my degree, no, business Correct. communications was what I ended up doing for right. my bachelor's degree. So yeah, I never, well, I mean, really like you, went didn't, through you didn't have any writing. other subclasses about that. Right. No, I guess uh, my point is, so now you're an accomplished writer, but you never, like that's wasn't what you went to school. You just kind of found that part in your creative, you know, area to, to unlock that basically. And yeah, I think that's, what's really neat about the world that we live in today is you could basically unlock sort of like any creative part of your brain that you want to without having the four years of, you know, college to yeah. get someone to say, okay, we're going to back you because you know, you've spent this right, amount of yeah, time. In it, definitely. You know? you know, in my opinion, I think it's a God given talent that I have the creativity of writing. Uh, I think I can improve it by, you know, whether it was taking classes or reading more books or, or whatever it is. I think a lot of us, we just have these talents and then we can improve on those. That's exactly it. And in some ways, you know, I wonder if I had gone to college for creative writing, either A, I would have been a different writer or B, maybe not as good Mm -hmm. because things change. Like I can remember in college taking a golf class and I had played some golf before that. I'm not good at golf now. I was never good (laughs) at golf, but I could consistently drive a golf ball like 250 yards or so. I think that's the correct measurement. Um, but then when I took that golf class after that, it messed me up and I, 
I still can't consistently drive a golf ball now. I'm better at like putting in the short game. Hmm. Um, so when you try to perfect something, sometimes it, it can it can right. damage you know what you already have. So just like having fun and just kind of yeah. So I'm not telling people not to go to college or anything like sure, that. You know, sure. if you know what you want to do, then, then I you am go but... that route. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's not a necessity that you have to do that, you know, and I try to, when I talk to teachers and like, I'll, I'll speak to, to groups of teachers sometimes and I'll tell them like, you know, don't, don't push all your kids just to go to college, like figure out what they're good at and push them in to that career. And we, we all need to be educated and want education, but I think it's just more individual. It always has been. I think we should mm-hmm. focus on it more these days of, you know, what is, what's Brad good at and how can we get him to reach his potential whether that's college or, you know, just whatever it may be. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, hey, so I'm going to do Dave's favorite part of this uh, here. Uh-oh. So these are, uh, these are pod decks. Uh, you, you're, you're kind of a, you're, you're a thinker, I think. So I think uh, you might. Sometimes. Okay, so the, these are interview questions. Now, he thinks they're way too deep for an interview here. Some of them are. Some of them are. So I'm going to be a little. So what I'm going to do is. As an example, there was one that came out that says. Uh, he's lying. You, how did you feel when you, your, your, your best pet died? He's how lying. That definitely <laughs> isn't one of them. <laughs> definitely isn't one of them. So pick out three cards and I'll ask you one or two of them depending on. Okay. And don't look at them. Just, just give them. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So you got one. Let's pick one out from this side over here. Okay. Probably taking too long to do this. Oh, you're, you're fine. You're two, fine. Two. And we'll go one over here. All right, so there's three of them. Okay, all right, so these are the uh, three questions that Joey has picked out. Okay, so um, that's a little, that's a little, I will say it's a little deep. Uh, Okay, I like this one. What's left on your bucket list? Oh, that's a good question. Bucket list. I'll catch you on the back for that one. Yeah, that, I mean, that that could be deep, I guess, but probably very shallow. Like I know what my bucket shallow. list is. Like I I think we've asked this question before. I mean, I I definitely have a bucket list, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have an official bucket list that's written down like go skydiving or you know, visit some other country or anything like that. Um, goodness. I don't really know. I mean, you know, obviously <clears throat> I'd love to be a New York Times best-selling author, but that's not like something I can just go out and do. I've got to yeah, work at it yeah. to get there. So is that considered a bucket yeah, list I, item? Yeah, I would yeah, I would say I think people think of bucket list as like place things to do. Yeah. You know, but I think a bucket list could also be part of an accomplishment, things that you want to accomplish in life. So I think that's, I think that's a perfect thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really have like a lot of those random bucket list ideas that, that most people have. Why is the New York times considered the ones for bestseller? Like why, why are they of the authority on what's considered a bestseller? I think they just get the most uh, media coverage for it. And it's, you know, I, I don't know like how that came about, I guess, just over time. Cause like, I've never heard happened. of like another bestseller from a, uh, another, you know, publication, I guess. Yeah. You know? I know Amazon has their Amazon bestseller. Amazon so best they're, seller. they're probably starting to try to rival or are rivaling New York times bestsellers. In I imagine way. it's probably also, like the same New York Times bestseller is probably an Amazon bestseller, I would imagine. I mean, the New York Times is such yeah. an institution, though. I mean, gosh, they've been around so long. You know, the, I just picked up a uh, some friend gave me a New York Times Sunday edition. They they, they they've it's definitely a, been around before we've had electricity and washing yeah. machines. So they yeah they they're they're old. Yes, I get yeah, it. Yep, yeah. got it. So 
Uh, maybe that lends to it, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I have a very uh, visceral action to nostalgic things of the past. Anyways, yeah, um, I feel like I didn't adequately answer that question, but I just, you know, I, I really don't know. What well, I yeah, you might I not. Have, I just do. was kind of curious. I, I wasn't expecting whether you knew the answer or not. But. Yeah, so I, I was talking to a friend about skydiving, and I, I really don't want to skydive, but I think it would be cool to, like, get in a plane that's on the ground and have a camera like shoot up at me and like we're all prepared to skydive and then we jump out and the camera pans down and we've jumped like five feet off the plane and onto the ground like i, I might do that that's maybe that's on my bucket list now i think that'd be pretty cool yeah but as far as things to actually do uh it's mostly like iconic things that i want to visit like i it's it's not too far from here one of the first things is to visit the steps from dirty dancing like a major oh yeah fan. that's a love um, story it yeah i i like loved I, I i definitely like chick flick movies uh and i'm not you know against saying that out loud um well i do too so that's another thing we have in common is ben, chick flick you know, movies. yeah and i i used to not announce that but now you know oh, like, I, I can I'm, I'm comfortable with it it's, yeah, it's fine I'm, you know i write i mean i write suspenseful love stories that's kind of like you know yeah. it is what it is you know yeah See, my, i got something on my, my bucket list i'm ready oh Keep, keep, keep talking here. There's um, a trail that is um, in England that goes from the, the west coast to the east coast. It's called the Coast to Coast Trail. Okay. The trail. And it's about 200 miles long, and it takes about two weeks to hike it. You, you get, camp for a couple of days, and then you come on down out of the mountains, and uh, you go into these cute little English pubs and everything, and you stay for a night or, night or two, and then you get out and you continue on and all that. That's on my bucket list. And I'm doing it that this summer. I've got like three or four other guys that are uh, signed up for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I've been doing a little bit of hiking lately mm-hmm. and I really enjoy that, you know, in the trails and like climbing the mountains and not like mountain climbing, like you're like climbing rocks, but just kind of slowly maneuvering up the mountain. Like that's, it's peaceful and it's like, you know, time to relax and mm-hmm. think and be creative. So it kind of fits well with, with my mindset. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a, here's a, here's a little bit of a deep one. Which band or artist could be dead or alive would play at your funeral? Hey. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Okay, so before I answer that question, how much time do we have? Like, we got a little bit of time left. Yeah, sure. Okay, um, so I'm late almost everywhere I go. <laughs> so you're gonna be late to your own funeral. So yeah, you know people make jokes about somebody being late to their own funeral. So I was talking to some of my family members recently and, and trying to keep this as light as possible when talking to them. <laughs> You're like at my funeral, please let everybody get there first and then wait like five minutes after it's supposed to start or maybe 10 and somebody come up and make an announcement. Joey is running late, but he'll be here soon. And then roll my casket in just a little bit late. And like, okay, he's here, you know, and have some good story to go along with it. The jokester stuff, huh? But yeah, so I mean, I think that would be funny because funerals are always so sad and, and they should mm-hmm. be, but you know, that's what I want to happen at my funeral, just to lighten things up. That's cool. A little bit. So Metallica playing at my kidding. Well, hey, why not? I mean, yeah. um, I, I, I said the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite band, um, but I would say like I don't know, maybe Rascal Flats. Okay. That's is that weird? Are you, are you a country a music guy? Yeah, I like country music. Yep. quite a bit. Who's your favorite country or, artist right now? Uh, probably still Rascal Flatts. Okay, I think so. Let's see. There's there's some other ones that I like pretty good. 
what's the the girl that was on American Idol who's so popular now? I'm horrible at remembering names yeah, of, of anybody. Anything. Carrie Underwood. Oh, Carrie Underwood. I like yeah, Carrie yeah, Underwood yeah. quite a bit. Um, or just maybe like a good Christian artist that could sing like Amazing Grace or I'll yep. Fly Away or one of those songs that are you know fitting for a funeral. Yeah, that might be cool, like a Chris Tomlin or somebody mm. like that. For for country right now, uh, for like a newer artist, I'm like super into Chris Stapleton. Okay. Yeah, when I when I heard his first album, Traveler, was like. Every song on have you listened? Have you listened to I know of Chris Stapleton, but I couldn't tell you like which yeah. songs. Every he song on Travel is just like, oh man, these are these are all knockouts. You yeah. Know? So would you let him sing at your funeral? You know, would you plan that? Um, I would let him, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have planned it. But yeah, right. I wouldn't. I mean, you're not going to. You're not going to invite anyways. But yeah, uh, right. Yeah. I would have the Doors. This is the end playing. The Doors. I don't know if you listen to the Doors. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm somewhat semi-familiar with it. Yeah, so I would have This is the End is probably the... Uh, probably well, that's fitting. You know, I'm, it is fitting, well, yeah. Moving on. I'm so moving that. on, yeah. So, um, all right. So I think that just about wraps, uh, wraps it up here. So that was 21. Uh, let's see. Next week we got... Uh, we have Bloom by Annie coming on. So she's a local boutique florist uh, that's going to be here next Wednesday. So that's uh, that's scheduled in and accounted for. The week after that is, I think, actual Christmas Day. So we're going to skip basically the next two weeks. Christmas Day and the New Year's yes, Day. Well, those are like actual... The holiday actually lands on the Wednesday. And so yeah, I can't imagine anyone's going to be interested in, you know, listening to us, you know, jibber jabber. Well, Merry Christmas, by the way. I appreciate that. Here. That's it. I, you know, you brought some brought some gifts here. I mean, I know you're taking them back, but, uh, you know, you oh. blessed us. You blessed us with your presence here. I'll leave the so. mug with you since you're a coffee drinker. Hey, I think that, that that'll be like our, that'll be like the guest mug or something, sure. you know, or like yeah, the, you know, my, my morning mug here. Yeah, I like it, man. I appreciate Perfect. that. Hey, my pleasure. Um, and then, and then I'm going to, I am going to pick up one of these books and then I'll have to meet you somewhere and I'll have to have you sign it, even I'd though I didn't to. go to a book or maybe I'll just find your next book signing. Yeah. I mean, I'll leave one of the books with you today. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll pick one up at the, uh, I actually never been into the store. So I wanted to, I wanted to go to the store there anyways. Um, but I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I can kind of go to your next book signing or just, uh, you know, uh, or I get like a personal book signing or something. Definitely. You know? Yeah. yeah. We yeah, can make yeah. it happen. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that about does it. Joey, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on today. Uh, I mean, this was, this was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think I hit you up probably like almost like two months ago now or something, you know, but you had a, he was a busy man. And so this was kind of like the first week that we could kind of lock it in your schedule. So yeah, well, I appreciate you having me and I enjoyed it. It was good. You got it, man. All right. So that, uh, just about does it. Thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, Dave, thank you again. His camera shut off. We had some battery problems today. <laughs> I forgot to charge my phone up last night. Uh, but Dave from Cruise the News Boat Tours, thank you very much, as always, for mm-hmm. helping out with this uh, operation here. I appreciate it. Thanks, You're Dave. Welcome. But we are going to go. It's a wrap. Another one's in the can.